Hello, everybody. Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. And I'm Nick Amara. And thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach, episode number 28. Today, we're going to be talking all about multi-hour workshops and how you are going to be able to prepare a very engaging and effective workshop for not only your school district, for those big conferences that are going to be coming up in the year 2019. And Nick, we've got some great conferences that we're going to be doing next year. What are you excited about? Yeah, I'm just excited about getting out, Jeff, and uh, especially with you, like, you know, uh, cooperating on some and collaborating on some workshops together and NJEC that we have in January. I think that's going to be a fun one. I know you're doing some individual and so so am I. And then we got one we're doing together and and then maybe FETC. We'll see how that goes and if that gets accepted. So I just love the idea of getting out and just presenting some ideas and things that I've been working on and sharing that with everyone else. You know, the hour presentation is always easy. And I think a lot of tech coaches just kind of have that under their belt. But today we're going to be tackling the concept of doing something for more than an hour. What happens if you get asked to do a 90 minute workshop? Is that a 60 minute workshop that's just a little bit longer? What if you actually get asked to do a two and a half to three hour workshop? What do you do? How do you prepare for all of that stuff? Those are the topics that we're gonna be hitting today. And we of course wanna know what you guys are doing out there as tech coaches and professional development providers. You can always find us on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach. Leave us a voice message over at teachercast.net slash voicemail. And of course, we love your questions. Email us please at feedback at teachercast.net. If you have any questions, we'll of course, be happy to sit and, and help you out, answer them a little bit, and perhaps maybe we can have you on the show. We'll make a topic all around the situation. We would love to have you guys here on Ask the Tech Coach. There's a couple calendar items for you guys we want to alert you guys to. Live on December 13th, we are going to be doing Ed Chat Interactive, a fantastic online live webinar brought to you by the EdChat team. You can go over to edchatinteractive.com. And of course, we're going to have all of our links in our show notes over here. This is episode number 28 for Ask the Tech Coach. Our topic is going to be, what do you do when your students just don't get it. Nick, and this is a topic that we've talked about recently on our podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've just talked about the ideas that, um, you know, what do you do? How do you work with them? What are, uh, you know, how do the expectations change? And in this case, you know, even though we did it with teachers, I think that stays the same. You know, you know, how do you break things down? When do you slow things down? And, you know, everything that we talked about kind of just maintains with the student as well. And, and that's such an important thing, right? Because everything that we're dealing with is about knowing where you are knowing where you're going and of course being able to reach out and, and find those resources that you need when you have it. And I got to tell you, Nick, you know, we mentioned this on the show last week. I'm in my fourth year here as a tech coach. You've got, you know, you've got a couple years under your belt as a tech coach, but I clearly remember when I was a new tech coach and, and I, I was kind of hunting and pecking for different resources. Even as I went through years two and three, you never know uh, when something might pop up. You never know when you might need to reach out to people. Nick, have you ever had a situation where you were just kind of stressed and flustered and said, I wish I had some great resources and some supports? Absolutely. And it comes up all the time. I, I, you know, I know definitely in my second and third year, just teaching in general, I was always reaching out to people. Um, you know, when you start learning about different pedagogies or when I, as me specifically, I wanted to change my classroom um, environment and how I taught. And I was reaching out to different people and, and made connections. And then when I got into tech coaching, just reaching out to see what people were doing and, and how to apply some of the things they 
they did that worked so well with some of the things that I've been working on that I thought have been working so well. And, and it's important, right? I think the, just the idea to be able to reach out and have people that you can just go to that aren't going to criticize, but are going to be able to work with you hands-on um, and really share tips and tricks and, and be able to be there just to listen. And if you are out there shaking your head, if you're out there in a tech coach position and you're saying, man, I wish I had some support. I wish there was other tech coaches out there that I can collaborate with. We have the perfect solution for you. We are starting up our second cohort of our Ask the Tech Coach Mastermind program. We're going to be starting up in January. It's an eight-week program that goes from January until the end of February. And we have got some great experiences for you guys lined up. We're actually just getting through our first cohort. We had a blast. Nick, what did you think of our first cohort? I thought it was really good. And, you know, we just took a lot away from it. I, I know the sentiment around the group was that just the idea of having people that they can go to that can, you know, share that a group of people that share a lot of the same um, questions uh, and feelings around the position that have a lot of the same um, maybe drawbacks or issues and problems that they have to try to overcome. So just a nice, easy group that you're going to go to that you can just share these ideas and, and people took a lot away from that. Now you might be thinking, man, there's a lot of tech coaches out there. Is this for me? We had our first cohort. Uh, our group was, was pretty decent size, but we tried to keep it personal. We had about eight or nine people or so in our group this year. We're looking at doing about eight to a dozen people or so for our second cohort. Nick, tell us a little bit about some of the things that we are offering and providing support for for our tech coaches. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so first off, um, you know, you're going to be part of this team. And the idea is that you're going to get these two monthly video collaborative meetings uh, online. So two a month that you're going to get um, for the two months that you're in there, you're going to get this, you know, online eight week course on learning management systems the constant peer-to-peer -peer mentoring, uh, that inside the video chat, but also uh, going to be extended to a, a pos uh, private Ask the Tech Coach Facebook mass uh, group that you're going to be part of there. And then we've got the free templates, the free lesson plans, um, and just the environment to help you grow. Now, keep in mind, there's a lot of great reasons to do all this stuff. Now, in order to make the, this be a, a, a wonderful professional experience, there is a slight charge to it, but we keep things very, very minimum. Basically, what we're running is a masterclass for, for a mastermind for two full months, eight full weeks, and it is a $300 mastermind, which basically comes down to about a buck fifty a month. Now, if you figure all that stuff out, that's like, Nick, that's like a cup of coffee a week, right? Like a, a cup of coffee a day. But right now, if you use the code TC50, you can get $50 off your enrollment and registration when you go over to teachercast.net slash askthetechcoachmastermind. That's teachercast.net slash askthetechcoachmastermind. Use our coupon code TC50. We would like to invite you guys to be a part of our cohort. If you're going to invest in anything this holiday season, invest in yourself, invest in your tech coaching. You are going to be a part of a fantastic community filled with tech coaches. We would love you guys to be in it. Teachercast.net slash ask the tech coach mastermind. Now, Nick, what is our tech coach tip of the week? Yeah. So our tech coach uh, tip is about when preparing for the workshop, 
you know, it's best to know your audience and understand their expectations. So just understanding and what they need to get out of this, why they're there, why they need to attend, and just keeping that in mind when you're preparing and presenting at the same exact time. So let's talk about that talk, that concept here, right? Preparing for a multi-hour workshop. Now we're going to say preparing for, and later, of course, we're going to move into the presenting, right? Because those are two yep. totally different things, right? But but let's talk about the conceptualizing, right? You know, right now, you and I are preparing for, as we said, EdChat Interactive. We're preparing for FETC. We're, we're preparing for many things, right? Online, offline, virtual. And of course, you know, all, all of these things are completely similar, but different. So Nick, what what do you think about when we're just trying to throw some ideas around and conceptualize the concept of more than an hour? Yeah, you know, I think just stepping away from just thinking that it's just an extension of the one hour, you know, if we're sitting there with this one hour, this will say a short, you know, presentation, I, I've been at a lot, you know, where certain conferences, even, you know, you present for 30 minutes or 45 minutes or whatnot, getting away from that into the now we're talking about the hour and a half the two hour type things. And I think wrapping your head around the sense that now there needs to be more doing on behalf of the people that are attending it. They need to be able to take something away from your workshop. You need to be able to guide uh, the presentation and the workshop as it goes. So I, I always like thinking of it that way. It's a workshop now. It's not a presentation. So does that mean it's more on you or is it more on them? I think it becomes more on them in the sense of the doing part, um, but more on you in the planning stage, right? I mean, the planning stage now needs to be, okay, I'm not just filling time, but where am I building the time for them to be able to do more on their own? So it's, you know, it's sort of that back and forth, but, but I do think overall, if we're just going to simplify it with an answer, it becomes more on them, you know, doing stuff during the workshop. So if you were going to a, a, a major conference in ISTE and FETC and you saw on the paper, it's a, it's a two hour, three hour long workshop, Nick, and you're, you're, a, you're a, a guest at this point. What are your expectations that that workshop is going to look like? Yeah, I'd expect some type of, you know, you know, uh, an opportunity to get to know what we're going to be doing. Um, as far as not just, you know, obviously, I'm attending it, and I'm picking the topic, but sometimes you pick a topic. And you're not sure where they're going to go with it, right? So I'm hoping that it's not just about the basic stuff. I'm hoping we're going to get, especially in a multi-hour presentation, that we're going to get into some more intermediate or advanced level stuff. So that's obviously something we want to conceptualize at the beginning. Um, I'm expecting to do some hands-on. I'm expecting to maybe work with the group. I'm expecting that the guide is going to show me kind of like this uh, show and tell style. I'm going to show you and then kind of tell you what to do and then you're going to do it. And then I hope that there's an opportunity for me to, to try something on my own with their guidance and then be able to take that thing away. Now, you had just said beginning stuff. When we are preparing for to do one of these long workshops, clearly we have to be thinking that there's so many different learning styles out there and, of course, levels, right? And, and basically when we're looking at that, it's how much stuff do you guide versus how much stuff do you lead, right? Because usually in an hour, you know, maybe you're looking at 15, 20 minutes overall, maybe a 10-minute intro, and a lot of it is worked out. But in a two-hour workshop, should we be lecturing more? Should we just be introducing things and letting them work? What is your, your suggestions for a great format when it comes time for these uh, multi-hour workshops? Yeah, I like, you know, I like the idea of breaking up where you end up 
you know, opening with some type of direct instruction thing in order to just get things going. Um, but that can quickly change. You know, you may just quickly the direct instruction be you as far as, hey, how are we doing? Here's what we're going to focus on. I love the idea of them really outlining the workshop so I have an idea of where we're going to spend you know, the, the pain points of our, our workshop, um, and then going into some type of engaging activity, something that's going to get us hooked, something that's going to relate to what we're doing, you know, from there, then we get into the kind of this back and forth where it's, you know, I hope they're going to show me something and then I hope we're going to have an opportunity to do it. And then they're going to show me and then we're going to do it. So we get this back and forth where I'm, you know, it's not just straight, I'm going to show you everything and now let's see what you remember and just, and just go ahead. And then I hope that I have opportunity to move around to, uh, you know, to speak to others, to, to share ideas and brainstorm. But I think that's very easy to say and difficult to do. I mean, in short, I think we've all been in workshops where we say to the audience, okay, now go and turn to a partner and you have planned out this moment well in advance. And you know, this, this happened recently. You, you realize that you're actually giving a presentation in a, in a, in a dining hall and maybe there's one person per table. Well, then what do you do? How do you encourage audience interaction when clearly they have set themselves up to not be in an interactive part? Um, does think pair share work all the time? No, you know, I, it definitely doesn't. Um, you know, I've thrown those in. It, I mean, it's like saying, does it work with students in your workshop all the time? And you're going to get the student that's hesitant, that doesn't want to share and, or, you know, just maybe feels like they don't have something beneficial that, that needs to be shared or what whatnot. So no, it definitely doesn't work all the time. Jeff, I think like when we start talking about those opportunities for teachers to come together and work together, I like doing that when there's a building thing or a brainstorming thing. I don't, you know, I get it when it's like, oh, okay, just get to know and talk about something. Eh, I don't know if that's going to work so well, but I think if, when there's some type of accountability piece, you know, if you sort of jigsaw it out where everyone sort of has a purpose, something where they have to bring back to the group, um, now there's, there's, there's something they have to do. There's something they're in control of that they own that if they didn't do it, that it's going to affect the group itself. I've noticed that works very well with students and it works with teachers too. You know, if each person owns a, a part that then they bring to the greater good or the, or the group that they're going to be working with, then there's more ownership and, and more opportunity that they're actually going to do it. So what does that look like, right? Does that mean that we should be bringing in our oversized easel? Does that mean we should have everything done in a, in a padlet situation? What, what sure. is the best method out there now? Because, I mean, sometimes we do these in our schools, right, as you said, and maybe resources yep. are easier, and maybe sometimes we're flying across the country to present at, a, at an ISTE or something. Yeah, you know, I, I was just thinking about that myself just because I, I wonder if the – the products are the things that I've created if they're the best means. I, you know, obviously a lot of us when we present at a conference or something, we're, we're building some type of presentation, right? So a slide deck from Google Do, uh, Google Slides or, or PowerPoint or Keynote or whatever. Um, I think those are good. I think you have to have those. I've, I think you just have to, again, it goes back to the planning and the conceptualizing. I think, you know, are you building a slide that's going to mimic the idea that then here we are, this is a moment where we're going to stop and do something. I think having those type of things in your slides, I think mirroring your presentation then with a Google site is also great because now the Google site becomes the database. Here's all the documents we're going to use for the day. Here's your opportunity to go back to this one site and get everything you need. What do you think? 
And I, and I think that's becoming more and more common, right? Google Sites, are, of course, are great and wonderful. Um, one of the things I'm a fan of is using either Microsoft OneNote or using Sway. Uh, we see a lot of times Sway is a, is a great substitution uh, because it's, it's linear. You can scroll up and down it. You can add videos and, and presentations. And, it's, and again, Sway is a free thing that works fantastic on both desktop and on mobile. Um, you know, PowerPoint, Google Slides, it's, it, there, there's a lot of things that are going on here. I, I think what you're really trying to come down to on this is what can this, you know, how, how do you provide that one-to-one -one learning, um, whether you're in a, a friendly situation or you're in a combat situation? And I say mm -hmm. that friendly, meaning, you know, you're in an environment that you don't know the people. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think we have to think about this too in the background, right? That whatever you're doing in your workshop, and clearly you and I, right? Like we know when we're going into a workshop, we've planned it out like a lesson plan. Like we, we've done a lot of the work where, you know, I think that that idea that that maybe teachers aren't sure about, you know, the tech coach of what they're doing in the background and all the planning, they may not understand the planning stages of a workshop and, and what goes into that all the time. But I think, you know, when you go into it, being able to mimic pedagogy and how teachers teach in a classroom as well is big. That's sort of that it's going on in the background and teachers may not, you know, notice it. I know when I present, I love using my LMS in order to kind of have some type of self-paced aspect that's in there as well, that then I can break up and be like, okay, you know, now those that have moved ahead can kind of work on this self-paced part by themselves. And then those who are a little bit slower and need my help, I can kind of pull that group out or work with those people individually. Well, here's the hard part about all this. It's easy to talk about this, right? It's easy to sit here. <laughs> sure. and, oh, yeah. I, I use my LMS for this. I make up Google Sites. I, but, but maybe you're out there as a tech coach and you're saying, I, I, don't, I don't get this yet. I, I need an example. I need to figure out where this is. Sure. Is there anything that a tech coach can do over the next few weeks, maybe as a treat to themselves? Where can, what can they do to sign up for something <laughs> that maybe will help teach them how to do these types of presentations. Yeah, absolutely. Look, you know, uh, our mastermind group, I'm going to tell you, I mean, I think that's one of the things that a couple of people have already uh, taken away from our cohort one is the opportunity to, hey, I've got these ideas or these things I want to work on and, and can you help me with it? Um, look, if you're looking at LMSs and you want to talk about how do we use an LMS to revamp professional development, your school, your district. I mean, that's something we've talked about, Jeff, in the mastermind. That's something I've done and, and heck, we put together an eight week, you know, LMS course online that, uh, right. That I can guide you through. And then when you have more questions, you come back to me. Now we can do a breakout session and really break it down on what you want to do. So we've talked a little bit about how to conceptualize the presentation. We've talked a little bit about lecture versus workshop. Now let's kind of get back into this idea of friendly environment or combative environment. And maybe, <laughs> maybe that's not, you know, again, maybe we'll come up with a different term for that, but platform. Right. Yeah, Nick, you just said Google Sites. I said OneNote. Um, they're both. Uh, no, I mentioned an LMS. Now we got three different things, right? Right. They're 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 both wonderful. But what should we be thinking? I've been in situations where you walk into a conference, and and even an I'll throw an Ed Camp in there. I right? like a, like a you know here's an hour quick thank you very much kind of a thing. And you say, here is my Google Slides or my Google Doc template, and they go, but my school isn't. Right. That, that's tough, right? Now, you mostly find, you know, somebody gives you a PowerPoint template or a, a, a Word doc template and it's not good for Google, but, you know, they're all kind mm -hmm. of in there and stuff. Um, should we be making up worksheets, templates, whatnot 
in all three? You know, I'm clearly not what we're talking when we do this at school, but mm-hmm. you know, if we're going out to an ISTE or, or an ed camp, should we be spending the time making the Word doc, Google doc, and Apple pages? <laughs> um, I don't think so. I think, you know, it's where you're going to put all the pieces. You know, I think if you're going to create a document or a hyper doc or whatever it is, and you're going to share that out, but you're going to do that in docs or Microsoft Word, let's just say, you know, I, I don't think that – I think that's where it can get a little bit sticky. It's just the document itself. But I think that's the key to using like in LMS or Google Sites is just housing everything in that online place where you just give out the link to the one thing or you create a bit.ly link and you shorten it and here it is. And then everything else is in there. And obviously that's the benefit to using the Google tools is embedding them into the site. But if they're not a Google school, um, just having the site with maybe the Word docs or the Google docs there then just becomes – an easier place for them to to take it away. I think it's something you have to think about though going into the workshop. You know, you just want to make sure that when the teachers start working, am I segregating a certain niche of the of the teachers that are attending to one platform versus others, right? Like right. if I'm going to use a tool and I'm saying here's what you need to use and here's how you do it, but then these other teachers don't have access to Photoshop and these different tools. Okay, now we have a problem. So if you're going to do that, you, you kind of have to state that at the beginning, right? But if we're going to use Google, Apple, or whatever, we want to make sure it's something that, that can be cohesive amongst everyone. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think creating around a set of tools, um, I, I think that's a bad idea. You know, you, mm-hmm. you don't want to go to ISTE and say, we're doing everything in OneNote. Sure. Right? Right. Because maybe people don't have OneNote accounts. Yep. I think there's a difference between building on a platform you know, Apple, Google, Microsoft, Linux, mm-hmm. um, and doing an entire workshop that focuses on a platform. So, for instance, I know with FETC and also with, with ISTE and, and other large conferences, it asks you in the proposal, what applications are you focusing on? And right. that's important. So that way, I, you know, I don't walk into a workshop as, as an audience member and suddenly I'm sitting in the middle of a Microsoft thing that's, you know, totally focused on Microsoft and you're going, yeah, I'll never do this, but but (laughs) I really wanted to learn the topic. Right. And so I think more often it's, it's less about what the application is and more so how the navigation lies. Absolutely. You could have a wonderful OneNote, but if it's designed for OneNote people, a, a Google person might look at a OneNote and not understand how it works. Same thing. You might have a fantastic looking Google slide presentation or, or Google Doc or anything, and, and somebody else might not understand the concepts and, and how those different technologies work. So I always try to, no matter what I'm designing in, come up with a way that anybody can, can figure it out and navigate to just at least find what they're looking for. And I try to make the, the giveaway information software agnostic. So that way anybody can use it. Anybody can have access to it down the road. And if they want to share it with the world, the world can certainly uh, take a look at it. Now, Nick, you've, you've got a, a WordPress website, right? Do you put your stuff on that? Uh, you mean like my presentation materials and, and things like that? Yeah, when you leave a presentation, how what do you give away? Do you give away a sway or a, or a, a gotcha. blog post or? Yeah, you know, so um, I'll use if I'm using like a Google site or a present or a slide deck or whatever it is. Uh, usually, it's probably a slide deck and a maybe a Google site that go with it, um, or docs built into the presentation. So usually, that's a Bitly link that I've generated that I've opened it up to the uh, you know to the public and to anyone that has the link uh, can access. So I usually do something like that. Um, you know, I, I played around with the idea of 
putting things on my personal, I think this is a, a tech coach side side note is like, do I put and offer these things on my website? Um, and I, I've kind of played with that of putting the whole slide decks, but I just know that when I run a workshop and things like that, I do want people to attend. And if they're just getting the, you know, the slide deck and everything else right then and there, I, you know, then there's almost no point. So I love, I like having that face-to-face connection. All right. So let's, let's, let's kind of get away from the planning of this. Sure. Let's talk about the actual implementation of this, right? Because we do live in a world where we you know, we kind of agree that there's the rule of two feet. If you don't like being somewhere, get up and run get around. Now, you know, maybe in a school, you can't necessarily do that. But, you know, on a, on a small conference or a large conference, it's all about having that first 10 minutes set up, right? It's, it's identifying the situation, hooking the audience, getting their attention, figuring out what is that intro. Now, I personally like to have music playing it mm-hmm. kind of gets things charged up it kind of gets me moving it's also the, the the entertainer podcaster coming out i mean nick what do you do in your intros to kind of get people spiced up uh for the for the session <laughs> um i like that too music is a big thing for me i love them just walking into music playing i you know i did that in the classroom teaching and i think it just builds uh you know a better atmosphere and, uh, and, a, and a feeling around what they're walking into so they know it's going to be fun uh, another thing is just finding a way to make it fun and engaging i love quick polls i always love the idea of that just being in there somewhere usually they're funny they may not have any connection to what they're going to do but it's a way to get them engaged opening up their computers and responding and and to something fun um and then from there i usually flow that into then maybe something that's going to connect to the workshop so it's a way to really get them going their fingers moving um and all taking part in what they do um i also love jeff the idea of letting them do something right at the beginning like hey we're going to check out this tool or this concept so you've got the first 10 minutes have you played with poll everywhere no okay here you go you've got 10 minutes i want you to poll everywhere and i want you to try it out and just doing that at the beginning is kind of cool because they haven't listened to you yet. They have no idea what you're going to cover, but now you've gotten to see how comfortable people are with tech and, and what things they've played around with. And then now you go, okay, now that you play with the basics, let me take you to the next step. You also get a chance to see them interact with each other. which I'm- Right, right, absolutely. So now that we've got our intro down, and, and again, I, I always look at my intro as 10 minutes, right? Because you got to – have a couple minutes to get yourself started. Yep. You have to give the hi, this is who I am. This is what we're looking at. You kind of, ha- you know, it's that whole, it's, it's the do now, right? It's the, here's what we're mm-hmm. doing. Um, and, and I also think you're given time for the stragglers to come on in and get themselves situated, right? Yep. And that's why I think things like that, right? Like that quick little poll that just is, it may not be, that I do that may not be geared toward the workshop specifically. That's just a funny thing or fun thing to get started. But again, like you said, it's, it's buying time for letting people come in. And then by the time I flow it to the next one, again, I'm buying a little bit more time, but now it's starting to roll into what they're going to do. Now, the next thing we, we kind of talked a little bit about templates, but uh, Nick, are, are you a big template guy? Um, I am as far as having things that I want them to take away. I know if, you know, Jeff, I'm doing one that uh, I'll be doing at NJAC is designing these digital playlists and I have templates. Uh, and just like you said before, it's not, um, it's not platform specific. I am going to show using Google sites, but I'm also going to mention how you can take that and easily merge that into any LMS that you're using. I, I like using templates. I, you know, even when I am as a tech coach, you know, I never tell my teachers to have their students, you know, open up a Google doc and just start. It's always 
Give them a template of exactly what you're looking for. Even if it's a blank Google Doc, just give them a template for what they need to be doing here. And, and hopefully uh, that should make things go a little quicker, right? And if that mm -hmm. could be creating a Google site, as we had talked about with all the, little, with all the links for all the documents that are needed yep. or, or all the examples that you're going to do, I think having something that you can go down is, is very important. Uh, Nick just mentioned digital playlists. I, I love presenting and, and doing things in that playlist format. So that way the teachers or my audience can know what's coming up next, right? Right. And, it becomes you know, personalized, right, Jeff? I mean, well, work at your own pace a little bit here. Right. And, and knowing what's coming up next in a personalized way is exactly why um, you guys out there should consider signing up for that Tech Coach Mastermind. We're going to be starting our second cohort um, in January. Uh, you know, it's going to be a great time. And it is for that personalized um, you know, learning. You know, Nick, you had an opportunity to work with some of our mastermind people in a personalized way. Talk to us about one specific incident where that tech coach reached out and said, we need help. And that mastermind in whole was there for that tech coach. Yeah. You know, uh, I had one person reach out uh, specifically just talking about um, LMSs in general and wanting to uh, possibly implement that at a school district. So kind of bouncing around some ideas as far as the variations. And then that's where that L eight week LMS course that I put together really came in handy because that outlines a lot of the basics that he needed to know. Um, and Jeff, you and I had people reach out to us specifically about building tech integration plans, something that they looked at that their district I guess kind of had, right? I think, I don't want to say they didn't, but they had maybe the makeshift model, but it was more about hardware implementation than it was actually the PD side and yes. software and all that. So we talked about, okay, where do we take that? And what are the things that we have in our plan or what are the ideas that we think about? And we've met with them uh, both physically and virtually uh, at separate occasions. Now, Nick, as we go through our workshop here, right, we talked a little bit about the intro, talked a little bit about the body here. It really is that feedback, right? Like, what are we going to be doing at the end of this workshop, right? Like, what is the thing that they're going to take away? Are they going to take away a template? Are they going to be a part of your newsletter? Um, are you going to reach out to them because uh, maybe during the workshop you've given them your business card and they've, you know, you guys have exchanged um, ideas, what what can we do for a memorable ending? And I'm going to say, keep in mind, we are talking both about the ISTE-type big conferences, and we're also talking about the the teacher, you know, the, the yeah. teacher interaction with our own colleagues here. I think they're different, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, at the big, you know, conference, obviously you want them to be able to reach out to you. Um, and that goes, you know, with your teachers, they already know who you are. You, you don't need your business card, <laughs> so to speak, that slide with all of your information that way for them to contact you up on, on the presentation or whatnot. But obviously at a big district, we need that. And they need an opportunity to reach out to you. Hey, I attended your session. I've also attended 20 other sessions and I'm trying to remember your session. How do I reach back out to you? So we need that. They also need, um, when we're talking about the big sessions, I think just an opportunity to look back at your session and any notes that maybe you had or that they took. So if you have those templates, that Google site or that slide deck, and they're all tied in to a site or whatever it is that they have that opportunity. I, to me, when I'm working with my teachers, my ending is slightly different. I, I kind of give them those pieces that's there. Um, but I always love some type of wrap-up face-to-face discussion. To be it so type of like book club, Socratic seminar thing, or just, hey, now we're going to do some type of brainstorming. Everything we've done now, 
let's come together as small little breakout groups or one big group, whatever it is. And then maybe we get those big sticky note papers or whatever, or Google doc that they open up. Um, but come up with ideas. How are you going to implement this in your department? And then they break it down further. How are you going to now implement that, this idea in your classroom? And then it's just something that really gets them going. And they're like, okay, now that I've started the first couple steps, now I've got some bare bones that I can take back to my classroom with me. Now, see, I do that too, but I also make them write it down, right? Like, we'll, we'll maybe sure. we'll throw a Google form at them at the end and we'll say, hey, what are some of the things that you can do to take away from this? Because that thing gives me an idea to and I'm working about my, I'm talking about my, my staff now that gives me the opportunity down the week to say, Hey, Nick, I, I noticed that you mentioned that you're going to use uh, Google slides, co closed captioning for this specific thing. Have you tried that yet? Um, or, if you're looking at a conference, now you're out there making friends. Now you could be collaborating after the conference. And, you know, now you've got somebody that you can learn from and that can learn from you. And, you know, again, it's keeping those relationships, building that community, getting those opportunities to, to grow your own PLN. Um, there's a lot of things that you can use that ending of that workshop for. But, you know, these are just our ideas out here. We're just two tech coaches from New Jersey trying to trying to figure out how this whole game works. We want to know what you guys are doing out there, and we would love to see some of the great things that you're doing. We've already had a, a, a session in our mastermind where everybody but around and put together their links for their workshops, and we've got some great, great things um, happening over here on askthetechcoach.com. But, Nick, it is not yet the end of the year, is it? No, not at all. So we got a couple things coming up. Uh, Jeff just want to outline some of the different episodes and, and ideas, topics that we're going to cover. Absolutely. Next week on our show, December 12th, we have a great topic called why should tech coaches collaborate with each other? And, and, and we've already, uh, you know, we, we're, we're putting this show together with members of our mastermind. We have two tech coaches that are going to be on and we're going to be talking not only about why they joined the mastermind, but really why collaborate, right? And as we said this at the beginning of the year, uh, beginning of the show, many tech coaches are alone or insanely busy, right? Maybe you're a full-time teacher and you're a tech coach, or maybe you're a full-time tech coach, but you've got six buildings that you're in charge of. And, and, and why is it important to reach out and ask for some help? So that's going to be happening on December 12th. Why should tech coaches collaborate with each other? Nick, what do we have going on? on December 17th. Yeah, so December 17th, we're gonna talk about keeping busy during the holiday season. I, you know, I think we run into that as tech coaches where we just have those, that downtime because you know, maybe we can't get into the classroom as much because teachers just have too much that they're trying to you know, wrap up and wind down for the season or, or students are out because they're already going on their breaks and whatnot. So what sort of things can we do or should we do or how should we use that time as tech coaches? And then December 24th, Jeff, we're going to wrap up with a fun one. I'm excited about this. Well, what are we going to check out? And this is one that I really, really, I'm, and I'm talking to you guys out there who's listening to this in your car or in your headphones. We would like to get your ideas on this too. December 24th, the day before Christmas, we're going to be talking about your tech coach holiday wish list. And I love this. Maybe we're going to try to bring this in as a, as a roundtable topic, Nick, because this is so important. This is where we get a chance to really say, okay, if you could change an application, add one feature to it, what would it be? If you could if you could merge, let's say, Google Slides and Padlet, what would that look like? So we're going to be talking a little bit about your holiday wish list, maybe some apps that you'd like to get, maybe some things, you know, some toys that you're looking at getting for, for you know, in your tech coaching office. 
Nick, do you have anything on your holiday wish list? Is there any one of those, I wish this could do that? Yeah, you know, I, there are a couple apps that I, I use that I wish there were some extra features and whatnot or some things that I wish that they can do, um, you know, and there are just some toys that I just want to have that I want to play with. You know, I, I would love to just play with some more AR stuff. That's some things I've been checking out and spending some time with and, and I'd love to have one. And, and uh, Jeff, today um, I was actually spending some time and checked out the uh, some AR VR at a place that I had passed by and I was checking out what they had set up in some VR studio, which was kind of cool. That is uh, something that I'm certainly looking forward to doing that. Um, so, guys, that show is going to be coming out on the 24th. I don't know when Nick and I are going to be recording that, but we would love to use that as our December roundtable. So if you guys are interested in being a part of that, please reach out to us. You can certainly do so on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach. Leave us a voice message over at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail or email us over at feedback at TeacherCast.net. Uh, we generally have about four or five tech coaches on for that roundtable. We would love to have you join us for that. Now, Nick, uh, that kind of wraps up everything that we're doing today. I, I think there's a lot of great things in here. And as we are going into the holiday season, I, I just wanted to pause and say thank everybody. Thank you to everybody out there who's been listening to the show, supporting the network, uh, helping us grow this as a PLN, downloading all of our products. Um, the last little bit for 2018, you know, we started the show back up in, in, in August and, uh, you know, we've been doing amazing stuff here with the network, getting a chance to meet a lot of tech coaches, but we're not done, Nick. We've got a lot of stuff in store for 2019. We're working on a book. We're working on some screencasts. We're working on another online course. And of course, the, you know, the, the mastermind cohort, Nick, what are you getting ready for in 2019? What, what are you looking forward to producing and presenting to the tech coach uh, community out here? Yeah, you know, I just want to take some of the ideas that I've been working with and uh, I've been doing a lot of work around PD stuff and and just how do we recharge PD? How do we reinvent it and, and keep it fun, but also keep it uh, locked into what districts and, and buildings are looking for? And, and yeah, I'm just trying a bunch of ideas using gamified elements around PD. And, and that's my focus for 2019 is to share more ideas that I've come up with and things I've tested and tried that work or and, and maybe that don't work and just why maybe they didn't work. And of course, we're always looking for some great topics. If there's something that you'd like to hear Nick and I uh, riff back and forth on, please let us know. Reach out to us at uh, feedback at teachercast.net. We would love to have you. And on behalf of everybody here on the TeacherCast Educational Network, thank you guys so much for listening to Ask the Tech Coach. This is episode number 28, how to prepare for a multi-hour presentation or workshop. And on behalf of Nick and myself, my name is Jeff Bradbury. And I'm Nick Amaral. Reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. <laughs>